I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Oh, Tony, baby. You're a mess. Uh? Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly. Are you ready? The trending news podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. <laughs> extremely online, extremely clueless, horny for Bitcoin. Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your host, the Irish-American tornado and the real princess of Wales. We are back. Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox. Welcome back, everyone, to Trend Lightly. It's me, Tiffany Scott Maddox, and with me, as always, my gorgeous co-host, Molly McAleer. Hi, Molls. Hello. Hi. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm good. So I'm, I got myself into a, a pickle and not the good kind. Oh. On Saturday night, I was trying to, I was enthusiastically trying to jump into the bed because I was so tired. Or as we call it in our family, the bread basket. Why we call it that, huh? I don't know. Because I think I, w I wanted to lay like a breadstick one night. Mm. Or I don't know. But I we call it the bread basket. And so I was jumping really hard at the bread basket. And I just missed it. And it was dark. I think my depth perception was off. 
and I might have I might have broken or, or fractured my thumb. That's rough. That's really on painful. my dominant hand. Yeah, my dominant hand. So I'm okay, but I enjoyed your help today. Thank you in putting together the doc because I I was having a hard time typing. Yeah, and you're extremely online. You need those thumbs. I am online. You got to like, type. That's and you know swipe. one of the things is like thank God I can scroll with my left hand. Oh, thank God. Mm. But speaking of being online. I want to make a little bit of an announcement. There might be some Pretty Little Liars fans listening right now, and I'm excited to announce that I am now recapping Pretty Little Liars on the Solid Listen Patreon. So there's a link to that in the show notes if you want to go check it out. That's been one of my exciting things this week. Tiffany, though, you had a huge week. Oh, my God. I had a huge week. My husband came to live here after seven years of marriage. That was pretty huge. I saw the Barbie movie. That was that was huge. That was really huge. Wait, you guys have been together for seven years? Yeah. Wow. For some reason I didn't know it was that long. Yeah. It's been a it's been a real commitment. Hell yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Normally people are getting the seven year itch, but you're like, let's move them in. Yeah, let's let's combat that. Yeah. Now, you sent me a picture of a bunch of boxes, and I was thinking, like, did they arrive before he got there? No. So they're actually on – his boxes are en route, but I was putting stuff in boxes to make room for some of his life. Now, d does it, that include a lot of, like, Legos and stuff? No, 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 no. We're not doing that. <laughs> I feel like that's a big part of Billy's life. Well – Aesthetic is a is a is a joy to us both, and that's not no 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 we're not doing that no not on display. It's a shared value. <laughs> what did you think about Barbie? I fucking loved it. I loved it. It was so good. Did I did I send you a picture of uh, Billy dressed as Ken? No. Oh my god. Well. I had had a big clear out, so I don't have any pink anything, but um, Billy came in full aesthetic and looked so good in his little Ken fit that um, that it kind of kills me. So he had a little neckerchief on and it was great. And we went to this beautiful, beautiful old theater. We got sharing gin and tonics for two, which I feel good about because they That's give you a little so bottle exciting. of gin. I know it's so chic. It's like an old, I think it was an old Victorian theater and it's been converted into this like very bougie little kind of cinema where all of the seats are couches and then you will have your little tables and there's table service and they bring you like delicious things. So we got like loads of gin and tonic. I'd, I cried a lot during Barbie and I think it was because of the gin potential, even though I'm not sure, usually a gin But I, I've also heard people be crying oh. at Barbie. Oh. I really, I really did. I started crying. I think at the, I cried a little at the beginning just because I was so overwhelmed by how lovely it was, and then I cried about being a woman quite a lot. Yeah, and then I came out and I was just a fucking mess. Like I was crying all the way home. It just like it was an emotion gut punch in many ways, and I, oh, I hate to say it, Ryan Gosling is kind of phenomenal in that movie. People have been saying like. I don't know. I feel like people I've I've heard that are kind of credible say that they think that he should 
get an Oscar for this. He was great. It's the irony of it being that, like, I guess the premise of the movie is that, like, women have to do so much for recognition and men can basically do the bare minimum and get a pat on the back. And, like, Margot Robbie's great in the movie, but she's playing conventional Barbie, so she's kind of she's good she's good but there's there's not like a huge amount of i don't know there's not a huge amount of like transformation that's happening there she does a really good job but it's not like it's not kind of it's no jeremy strong that's for sure but ryan gosling is really funny he's really really funny and brilliant in it and he's really funny like i i was you know i kind of don't always get into like the watching like press conferences and stuff like that like I I kind of am like I know what this is you know it's like kind of an obnoxiously canned answer but like he's deeply funny I was really like laughed out loud a few times at some of his bits so he's doing he's killing it he's bringing the energy the other thing that we did this week one of the things I was most excited about when looking forward to married life is that Billy and I are watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills from the very beginning. I was a late bloomer to Real Housewives, so I haven't seen the earlier seasons and he hadn't seen any of it. So we watched all of season four and the majority of season five this week. We've been putting wow. in the work. And when I tell you the giddiness across this man's face during the Amsterdam fight, I have never seen anything like it. I have to tell you that I texted Eric and I said to him, like, I'm envious that they're doing this, that they have like a big focaccia and are watching 90 Day Fiance. (laughs) And I wish we did things like this more. Like, I like it was confessional. Yeah. Like, I was like, I have to confess to you. I'm feeling I'm feeling the feeling jealousy Mm. right now. So, yeah, hopefully that will turn everything around. But I feel like you, like, are just living the life right now. I'm living the life. I'm really living the life. It's been so joyful. It's been really nice. I've I've lived alone for, like, all of my adult life pretty much, like, say, for having a a couple of roomies for a few months when I first moved to the city. I'm definitely a solitary bee. But if I was going to do it with anyone, it would be Billy Maddox. He is like the best, the best. So romantic. I know. We'll see. proud of you guys. (laughs) Uh, We'll see. I like the we'll see. Like you might renege on all of this now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Check back in. (laughs) But I'm planning on going to maybe see Barbie on Tuesday during the day. I, I like a little day movie. And then immediately after i might see not oppenheimer because i'm not interested in that Mm. that sounds like a boy movie and i'm not interested in a boy Mm -hmm. movie there's um a movie called the beanie bubble it's rated r starring amongst others shiv roy (gasps) and it's about um i'll read the description to you Why did the world suddenly treat stuffed animals like gold? Ty Warner was a frustrated toy salesman until his collaboration with three women grew his master stroke of an idea into the biggest toy craze in history. The Beanie Bubble is an inventive story about what and who we value and the unsung heroes whose names didn't appear on the heart-shaped tag. Ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'm feeling like I'm going to love it. Were you a Beanie bitch? I had a couple of them, 
but like they were extreme rares because I got into them when I guess like they first start came out. Like my friend came in, she'd gotten one at a bookstore and I was like, well, I need one of these. I love that it's like kind of heavy. Like looking back on it, it probably was one of the many signs I have of potential autism. <laughs> um, Cause I, I love the weight of it. I love the way it felt like I was really just obsessed with what holding it felt like. And so I went and got one and I picked out the purple platypus. And then I think maybe I got one that was an armadillo, but my purple platypus was worth quite a bit of money, but I simply was too young to sell something on eBay. I don't even know how that would have worked. So yeah, so I kind of was a beanie head, but I never really, we didn't have the money for me to get into it in a weird way. Yeah, same. I had a couple, but nothing like, nothing excessive. Which ones did you have? I don't even remember. I know there was definitely something white, something white, because it didn't stay white for very long. Because they just got like played the with. Like swan? Probably. But I, I had friends that were like mad into their Beanie Babies. I had this neighbor who was like meticulously tidy. And I was actually, I was talking about her yesterday when Billy and I were walking back from Barbie because I was saying how much I loved Kate McKinnon's character in Barbie. She's kind of the fucked up Barbie, weird Barbie, you know, her hair's been cut. She's been drawn on. She's like perpetually in the splits. And like, if you played with Barbie's, uh, everybody had a weird Barbie, except for this friend of mine who didn't have any weird Barbies. Everything was like always meticulously placed back into the place where it came from. So you would go over there and play and then she would like be tidying up whilst you were playing. She even had like this teeny tiny little vacuum. I remember that she, that was like functional. She used to like vac up while I was there. It was actually kind of terrifying now I think about it. Yeah, I had a girl in my summertown neighborhood who grew up like that, but like her, her with McDonald's toys, and they would always go get the new McDonald's toys like every day. She went and got a Happy Meal, and at the time when I was a kid, I was like, "You're spoiled. Like you have too much." <laughs> and her mom was like, "Who cares?" You know. And I realize now, looking back, like I think the mom, she was a late in life baby. Like all of her siblings were like easily. 15 to 20 years older than her. And I think that the mom was probably just like going through menopause and maybe depressed. Mm. And yeah. So fuck me, right? <laughs> to quote Colleen Ballinger. Well, I'm very excited about the Pretty Little Liars recap. I've never seen it. Oh, it's the best show, Tiffany. So maybe I could I could watch along and then listen along. I really do love that with a like with a pod like there's a pod that does like a Riverdale thing and I haven't watched the latest Riverdale which is absolute garbage but I usually I love to watch an episode and then listen to the listen to the recap a day later it's really fun so I think I'll probably I'll be joining you in spirit I'm so thrilled because someone else said that and I literally felt absolute joy rush through my system because I was like that means mm -hmm. so much to me not that you're listening to the pod but that like I might be making a Pretty Little Liars fan out of you. Oh, yeah. Like, and that is like, it just gives me energy. <laughs> well, should we talk about what's going on in the world this week? Yeah, I guess. Go on then. Fucking hell. So Elon Musk, who has now changed Twitter to X, it is looking serious. If you have an Android phone, 
your phone is probably already trans you've been axed that's what they're calling it i think with apple it'll be our next phone update so if i update my phone i'm gonna get that x and i don't want that x Mm-mm. did you see that the x symbol or the like the logo that he got came from a font pack that was $30 <laughs> No, but that feels very on brand. Actually, it all feels very on brand. Like, I just love it when he's just caught with his pants down. Like, the only thing, like, it doesn't have the tech anymore, doesn't have, like, the support. Like, Twitter has never been a platform for innovation. It's like the product entirely trades on its brand and its name. And, like, this fucking smooth-brained ape has, like, taken the (laughs) last thing about Twitter that actually made it have any value yeah and it's so funny to me he is an idiot yeah it's just not even fun to say like remember when twitter came out before people were fully like like understanding it or what it was people would be like i don't know was it like tweeter like twatter Mm -hmm. like you know like it was it's kind of interesting to see that like you know eight years ago people were going through that still and now it just is like twitter was omnipresent Mm -hmm. it was just it was a part of our everyone's life and yeah he's just um stupid he also (laughs) put up the x logo on top of the twitter building which is huge by the way very tall and apparently the x is being held down by like a few sandbags. No, of course it is. And I don't know if you've heard, but we have earthquakes here. <laughs> oh. So that X is going to probably kill someone. What a way to go. I'd be fucking fuming if that's how I died. I'd kind of be la- I'd kind of laugh. I would. Extremely funny, yes. Yeah, I think, like, people who knew me could appreciate that I would maybe appreciate that. And it's not like I have kids or anything. I'd be worried about Pigeon. Mm -hmm. But I think Eric would move on pretty fast. And (laughs) (laughs) I think some of my friends would cry for, like, a week or two. I'd be sad. Maybe once a year on my birthday, but I don't know. (laughs) But, yeah, so... He announced that he has something very special coming soon. And there's so many ideas of what this could be, whether it be some sort of grotesque meme he's posting or potentially maybe even a rebranding, a a second rebranding, because I saw that several of his competitors like Microsoft and even Meta already have trademarks on the letter X. Yeah, so well, of course. it could be a rebranding because I don't think he's excited to announce his or s- thinks it's very special that he's potentially going to be sued for hundreds of millions of dollars. But yeah, I what do you think it could be? Mm. When I think of Elon, I think eugenics. I think about him creating his own very special breeding program using what he thinks is his superior seed. So potentially, I don't know, like 
is he like is he going to procreate with all of us all of the all of the users like his his child is called x well just the blonde one just the blonde so we're, we're okay we're safe <laughs> yeah thank god but my roots are telling the story that they need to tell to keep me safe from that but I think it could be a variety of things. One idea is like maybe like XTV because I know that they signed a deal with Tucker Carlson to air his shows, like a 10 minute show or something of his every day. I know Mr. Beast is obviously in the mix in some capacity with Elon. So it could be something like that. Um, It could be dating. Mm. You know? I don't know, but I, like I that. don't you think that there could be like ex dating? Oh, a hundred percent. Think of like think about the user base. Think about the people who comment like nice one, milady, under like a Grimes post. Like it'll be like Ashley Madison in the early days all over again. It'll just be like all of these men talking to bots. Because that's all that Twitter is essentially anymore. Are they still doing like the restriction on how many tweets you can read every day? No, that was just, honestly, I said this to a friend and they were like, lol. And I was like, no, I'm kind of being serious. Like it was the very end or the first day of of the month. And so I'm like, did he not pay for his server space? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's the issue is that he has, he's having like a server space issue. He reads as very, 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 very cheap to me very cheap yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah who knows okay i want to talk about this because i saw i i looked this up this week myself but today one of my twitter mutuals tweeted what does i j b o l stand for what does it mean because you'll see it a lot in like gen z tweets or like if you're I don't know if you were looking at some of the big stories this week about like Ariana Grande, for example, there was lots of tweets that had this little acronym in it. And I want to keep you guys abreast of what's going on out there. So IJBOL stands for I just busted out or I just burst out laughing. Hate it. Yeah, it's like a response to how they think LOL is like old, I think. Well, it's a classic. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. And Idgebol, I don't think it's going to catch on. I don't think it's going to, well, if it has caught on, it's not going to have longevity. It is a little bit of a nice way to summarize the, like, I'm, like, screaming, like, you know, I just threw my phone across the room. Like, some of those things that are a little bit, they're like expressions or like, you know, actions that people will use to describe how funny they think something is or whatever. And it's a little like, it's obviously hyperbolic, mm-hmm. but I just burst out laughing is, it paints a nice picture mm-hmm. in my personal opinion. I like a Lameo. Yeah, I do too. I do. I will like, I've, I think now we've come back to a place where all those things are ironic. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'll do like the crying laughing emoji, which is like very much a boomer emoji because it's like funny to me to be a boomer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I agree. There's something like, there's something kind of vintage about it. The, the crying laughing one. I do enjoy that. I, my most overused emoji is like the downward facing mouth that's like, ah, but like I sometimes use that as like 
well just for for honestly for most things and like then the big sad it's like yeah it's like downward facing like almost like a half moon shape like you're just kind of going oh. yeah yeah I like that um, usually one too. when something's cute, and then like the okay like symbol, like with my fingers, you know, just like that oh, one. got it. I use oh, that, that a would lot. feel. I would take that the wrong way. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'd just be like, oh, oh, all right. Like it's like when someone does a thumbs up reaction to your text. Yeah, yeah. No, that I hate. Yeah, and I'm That's like, aggressive. excuse me, like thumbs up, yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, to me, it's like passive aggressive. I do think that they need to come up with more reactions. So like I've said, the reaction I need is like, I've already read that. Thanks. Or like, I already yes. saw that. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Because most people will send me something and I'm like, babe, you have to know I'm far too online mm -hmm. to just be finding out. Charlie you know, bit my finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh wait, so do you know Ashley Gavin? I don't. I'm not, I'm unfamiliar with her work. Okay, so I definitely know her. She's one of the like comedians that kind of blew up for doing crowd work over quarantine. Like I would say she's one of the stand-ups where she probably was doing stand-up for a while, but like TikTok has really aided in her success. Mm -hmm. Or like YouTube shorts. And a lot of her jokes are about being a lesbian. She wears like a backwards cap with like sort of shoulder length, straight brown hair. And yeah, like she's she's made a lot of fans through TikTok. And this week, an audience member at one of her shows in, let me see where exactly it was. I want to say Indianapolis. Yes, it was one of those or in Indiana. It's always in Indiana. Mm. Like what's in the what's in the fucking water in Indiana? But this woman, Olivia, she's a hairdresser. She became a fan of her on they they could refer to her in this article in USA Today. TikTok leveraging stand-up, Ashley Gavin. So she, like, mm -hmm. obviously got into her videos, was excited she was coming to town, went to see her, bought two VIP meet-and-greet tickets. That's how excited she was. And her experience there did not go as planned. And she said, basically, there's a TikTok video linked in our description. But she said that basically, like, Heather came out before her opener and, like, made sure to tell the audience to get hype, get loud, like get ready for a great show and like to show love to the performers. And that could be because she has some like flop opening act, to be honest. <laughs> like I can't imagine why she would walk out and like preempt the entire show by being like, make sure you guys laugh, <laughs> get rowdy. But she had said something about how she had had an abortion and we'll play the clip of her actually freaking out. And the girl who was in the front row, Olivia, super fan, was like, woo, or something like that. And like, Ashley completely flipped the fuck out on her and told her that she should kill herself. And Olivia was like, oh, well, I've already tried. But that didn't stop. That didn't clue. Ashley into like hey maybe this 
that's a little harsh. Like she's presenting some real stakes here. And she decides to like lean into it over and over again. So like the girl gets up, she has to do the absolute nightmare walk of shame that one would imagine you have to do when you're in the front row and there's like three to five hundred people in the audience. And one of the in one of the waitresses, when she and her friend were outside, like getting probably calling an Uber or something, came out and apologized to her on behalf of Ashley and even offered to get them great tickets to another show of their choice. So, like, you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In the big picture of reading the room, if we're not talking about like sort of the, the super fans or the sycophants in the audience, like just someone who waits tables at a comedy club was like, that was way too fucking far. Mm-hmm. So, Ashley, this girl spoke about her experience. 3.5 million plus people have watched the video. And Ashley then decides to respond in her own TikTok. So, here's her video. Hey, everybody. I'm making this video to address something that happened at a show of mine recently in Indianapolis. Uh, If you're familiar with my work, you know that sometimes I include audience interaction uh, and crowd work in my show, and typically it's very fun. In this particular interaction, I let my emotions get the best of me, and I way, way overreacted to an audience member's interaction. I have been a comedian for almost 10 years. I know that I could have done better. Uh, I should have done better. And I want to be super clear about this. I took it way too far. And I am so, so sorry. I have been thinking a lot about this. And I don't take it lightly. If you're familiar with my stand-up, you know that I discuss my own mental health struggles. And you may also know that I lost my cousin. And the reason that I talk about these issues in my stand-up 
is because I know how painful and isolating it can be. And I am trying specifically to break down those feelings of isolation. But in this audience interaction, I did not bring the care that I usually bring to the topic. And I hurt someone who has also felt that pain. And for that, I am deeply, deeply sorry. My behavior had the opposite effect of everything that I'm trying to do with my work. And I hold myself to a really high bar. I miss that bar in Indianapolis and I'm going to do better for myself, for you, for anyone who ever comes to my shows again. And to those of you who've reached out to me with support because you know where I stand on this issue, you know my heart, and you know that I want to be held accountable, I'm really, really grateful for your support. And if you don't know much about my work and you're hearing this for the first time, I hope you can feel my sincerity. And thank you to everyone for taking the time to listen to this. So comments turned off. What mm -hmm. did you think about that apology? Honestly, I didn't think it was bad. Like there's a degree of like, that. there reads to me a degree of sincerity. I, I think it's really hard to call apologies, right? Because like, yeah, I've never seen... I've never seen an apology actually be received that well beyond Jenna Marbles uploading like a 40 minute video for buying the wrong fish tank. Yeah. And not every, <laughs> I don't, I just don't always think that's necessary. Like, I don't know what people want from apology. I think like, I think if she reached out to the audience member personally and had like a, like a serious, like one-on-one, -on -one, like heart to heart with her, like, I think that for me, counts because she's the one that's hurt right like not us not us not us in the audience like she's the right. one that's hurt so it's kind of like none of my not none of my business but like I don't feel adequately equipped to judge whether or not that's sufficient because I'm not the one who's yeah who's in, in pain yeah I definitely agree with that I would say that it, it is nearly it's actually I consider it to be almost fully impossible to deliver an apology in, mm -hmm. like, in a way that pleases everyone these days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because there's still going to be people mad at you, so they're not going to take you at your word, which is fair. Right, exactly. But yeah, it's also like I can see why people have a hard time apologizing these days because they know that no matter what it, it probably is not going to be met with grace you know mm -hmm, what i mean mm -hmm. so and not everyone can play ukulele so like what are you gonna do one thing that sort of yeah exactly one thing that sort of had me a little like mm, was when she said that she let her emotions get the best of her mm -hmm. because i don't know what her emotions were but, like, as someone who has this topic near and dear to her heart, to keep railing on someone who was just trying to be enthusiastic mm -hmm. is pretty brutal. And, like, when, they, when she says, like, I'm just, like, she was given a lot of opportunities to lean back. And yes. so... If you get your emotions get the best of you, I'm curious to know what your emotion is. You know, mm -hmm. like, what led you to that? Were you tired? Were you, like, you know, I would respect if she said, like, I'm burnt out. I've been touring for, like, X amount of weeks and, like, 
you know, she, I, I felt like she was interrupting the beginning of a joke and it just was for me in that moment, my mind, like it's, it snapped and like, I went way too far. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that kind of like explanation is sometimes necessary. But then when you hear the audio, which we have, and there's a nice lady, OG Neely, explaining in between a little bit what is going on during the outburst. And you you see that it's like, I, that's where her apologies feels a little inadequate to me. And also her talking about how this subject is near and dear to her heart feels like maybe that's maybe it is in a selfish way near and dear to her heart Mm. and like not something that she she doesn't like walk her talk there a little okay but i've not heard the audio so i'm really curious about this okay let's play this audio 3.4 3.4 million of y'all have seen this, so we are about to get real. I want y'all to watch this and it may be difficult. She tells me to go unalive myself. I jokingly, but also very seriously, was like, I already have. Olivia is speaking of Ashley Gavin, the comedian. She went to her show in Indiana, was horrifically triggered because she was told multiple times to unalive herself. Everyone has been asking for the video or audio from Ashley and her TikTok page has been completely unresponsive. Olivia ended up giving me permission to post this audio and she and I had a very long conversation as I wanted to make sure she was okay with this. She's been able to help so many people since coming forward and hopes that with the proof coming out, some change will come from this. Ashley proclaims on her podcast to be a mental health advocate, but she needs to bring that to her shows. I've edited the audio and we'll play it in clips to explain what you're hearing because the comedian does go a bit off the rails. Here's the first clip of Ashley bringing up abortion and Olivia makes it an O sound at the end because it's a sensitive subject and Ashley decides to hone in on her. I had an abortion. So Ashley tells Olivia to unalive herself twice, to which Olivia is now nervous and says to Ashley that she's already tried to, and Olivia tells her to shut up and that she's annoying. The next clip, she continues to tell her she's annoying and needs to try harder to unalive herself, and Ashley tells Olivia she's interrupted her set and that her mother should have stopped her pregnancy with her. When Olivia goes to leave, Ashley tells Olivia and her friend that they both need to take a bullet to you know what. <laughs> now, after all this has happened, and clearly Olivia is upset, Ashley says this. Now, Olivia never saw her after the show, and her ticket costs were not taken care of either. Olivia is now gone, and Ashley continues to talk about her, says she isn't her therapist, and really doesn't need to be there for someone just because they told her they tried to unalive themselves before. I'm so sorry. I'm not her therapist. I can't be like, I'm so sorry that at one point you tried to take your life. I'm so sorry. And as a mental health advocate, I would really hope that Ashley will do better going forward and is using this time off to reconsider her sets. I've now heard so many stories from people that have been personally affected by Ashley, but they don't feel comfortable coming forward. Understandably so, because she has such a huge following. You cannot use this specific topic as crowd work. It looks poorly on you. 
I do want to thank Hayden Crystal, though. She and her comedian friends saw what happened to Olivia, and they so sweetly invited her and her friends to a comedy show with tickets and drinks fully conned. Olivia had an amazing time. She left with a huge smile on her face, and I really think that we've got to be more aware, y'all. Okay, bye. Ooh, that's worse. That's a lot worse than I thought it was. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, there's no comedy there. There's not. There's no comedy in that. I. Uh, <laughs> there's no like. There, yeah, that's really unjustifiable behavior. That's someone who's really fucking gone off the boil. Yeah, absolutely. And like, for what? And you know, some of these comics, I think, you know, there's this you know, catch 22 for them, I think, because a lot of the comics that post clips on YouTube shorts and TikTok and sort of build their audience that way, they don't like to give away their material. So the clips that they post are them doing crowd work. So a lot of people go to go see these comedians and they might not necessarily know the proper etiquette for something like this, but it's also not been illustrated for them. In fact, they've seen it be very rewarding for mm -hmm. a lot of comedians. You know, like they get the great joke mm -hmm. in, the person in the audience is, you know, interesting. And I think everyone, we do suffer a little bit from a main character syndrome world where people, you know, want to be that person who's singled out in the audience mm -hmm. and say that they're an architect and they're there with their boss's wife or whatever. I'm just making up a scenario. <laughs> but like, you know, a lot of people want to be that. And so I can, it's like, you know, you can't, you can't draw in an audience based off of your crowd work and then be excited or like angry rather when you find out that people are excited to participate in crowd work with you. Mm -hmm. Like not everyone because of this like TikTok boom with so many comedians, she, you know, I think a lot of people are going out and seeing comedy for the first time. You know, stand up isn't something that, you know, there's plenty of people who have seen a play or done this or, or gone to concerts, but like there's, plenty of people who haven't seen stand-up comedy live before right and it has its own set of rules a little bit so i think there's a lot of new comedy fans out there and who've maybe not been given the best directions on how to behave in the audience Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and i guess like it's 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 a really difficult thing to be able to do in a skillful way like this kind of like viral hard-hitting like crowd work that's like taking us often uncomfortable situation and like just almost like pirouetting through the discomfort really elegantly it's like an entire skill in and of itself kind of even beyond just doing the stand-up so I haven't seen any of Ashley's work it surprised me when she said she'd been doing it for 10 years because I thought if something that tiny can set you off on stage, like what has your career been off, like been like thus far? I feel like Bill Burr does that kind of stuff. Like he's like a very angry individual, I feel. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I could see him doing that and getting away with it. But mm -hmm. she's not, you know, like a top five of her generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would have thought that her skin would have been a little a little thicker for what is essentially just a noise in a 
crowd of noises. Like, <laughs> it's kind of, uh, it's almost bizarre to me that she zeroed in on her because I, I barely caught it on the audio. She spent two of those 10 years in COVID. So. Well, quite. Yeah. But here's my other, here's my other thing. Like when they show someone like Matt Rife or like someone like a lot of these comedians that are blowing up now and becoming known for their stage work, sometimes you see people like shutting down a heckler, but a lot of times it's them encouraging the heckler to say something that they can like then build off of or joke about. And mm-hmm. their actual material is, is actually not very good. So with like that's a big criticism of this guy Matt Rife that's blowing up. I think it's more that he's hot than it is that he's actually like writes solid jokes and he does he does crowd work, which a lot of people think is partially planted. But at that point, if you're someone who's doing a good job with the people who are giving you the material, are you just David Dobrik? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I often wonder that in, in many ways. Are you just David Dobrik? But yeah, right. Yeah, I ask myself every day. Yeah, it's like I look in the mirror after I wash my face and I'm patting it dry. And I'm like, are you just, are you just David Dobrik? <laughs> That's where I spend a lot of time. So. Tell me about this tattoo drama. Mm, so keen listeners to the pod will know that we covered a story a couple of months ago. I think it happened in May about a woman who paid a lot of money. I think it was $1,500 for a very poor sketch of a fox as part of an artist's design fee. And for that sketch of a fox, they were told they could have no revisions and actually that that sketch as a design fee would not be coming off the price of the final tattoo. So they would pay this money and then go on to pay more money to have the tattoo done. This woman was absolutely kind of devastated by this. It's a lot of money to fork over. The drawing was garbage. I mean, it was stolen from Etsy and very poorly copied. Barely any time it's a little into like it. an MLM. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think? And like, I heard a lot of people just to interrupt sorry to interrupt but this this method of charging for tattoos was apparently something that she learned by like in a class with one of the ink master guys right after we talked about it on the show i was going through a lot of videos and pardon me if we actually did talk about this on the show but there was quite a few tattoo artists that were not just like offering free designs for her but there was also a ton of people talking about this guy that is introducing this system of ways to like make more money. Mm-hmm. If like your income has gone up seventeen thousand dollars a month for your tattoos, like you are not doing that in an ethical way, and mm-hmm. it's against the spirit of tattooing because so many tattoo artists like don't just take it seriously. They're like, it's their art. Like tattoo artists are actually come with a lot of rules, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, totally agree. It is like an MLM. I think even that person who had done the seminar had said that it was like, it was like, whoa, 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 I wasn't, this isn't what I meant. Like, (laughs) this isn't the kind of vibe. So that was a tattoo artist by the name of Lindsay Joseph from Lucid Tattoos in, I believe they're in Canada. 
anyway, this lady got her fox tattoo in the end. This really lovely artist on TikTok reached out to her. You know, the video went viral. And when that story went viral, a few other people came out of the woodwork and said, well, I had an experience with Lindsay Joseph and I had kind of a similar experience. And, you know, I was charged a lot of money for a design. There was one woman who had a tattoo that she was really happy with, but ultimately paid, I think, above and beyond what what the tattoo and the art was probably worth. I mean, it's not for me to say what something's worth, but if we look at like a kind of like a median average for a tattoo of that size and complexity, it was overcharged above and above and beyond. I also was seeing, and I do kind of hate this, like when someone gets a tattoo and like it could have been better work, there were so many people in her comments being like, like for that line work, like, you, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and it, I'm like, God, like, well, that line works on her fucking body. Yes. So, like, yeah, yeah. Maybe pass this on to a friend and say that. But, like, in her mm. comments, being like, man, your tattoos fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, it's on me now. And she was happy with it. She just, I guess, was unhappy with the amount that she was charged. And I think the process had kind of left a bit of a sour taste in her mouth because of this back and forth and, and all the rest of this kind of stuff. So we thought Tattoo Gate was over. It is not. Lindsay herself has, in this past week, started sending out uh, lawyers' letters and is suing certainly the lady on TikTok who had the post. Let me get her TikTok name. Her name is Re-Reality. Re-Reality. Re-McHugh. She got a She got a letter with the kind of links to the TikTok videos and sort of strongly worded stuff around defamation. The and that that made me curious because I was like, huh, well this lady said that she was kind of happy with her tattoo. She wasn't the one who started off the whole tattoo gate thing. I wonder about the original poster, the Fox Lady tattoo. She posted a video, very, very short and quite cryptic, that for me implies that she may also have gotten a letter, but there's no there's no confirmation thus far in whether or not she got the letter i couldn't find it do you want to play it and see what you think i assume that she would have yeah of course okay let's play it well here we go again unfortunately um i didn't want to leave you guys hanging without a comment from me um i don't really have much to say other than um truth and fair comment are an absolute defense um so i'll just leave it there um, I will show you that Laura's doing really well. She's pretty. I love her. She got a so, letter, right? <laughs> yeah, she got an. Yeah, she got a letter. Yeah, because she was the first one who really blew up. But okay, well, did she or did she not include? And I forget include the email exchange that they had between them about how much mm-hmm. it was like gonna. She did include that, mm-hmm. and we all read that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I, I'm pretty picky about language and like realizing when you like, I'm pretty cognizant of that. Like I try to be aware of like, I don't know. I just think like legal, legally protecting myself. You know what I mean? In order to prove defamation, you have to prove that you, someone lied about you with the intent to cause reputational harm. Mm-hmm. Or a loss of revenue. Right. So that's a very, very specific 
that's a very like and defamation cases can be hard to prove mm -hmm. but when there's textual evidence that it, it that basically is like shows that this person is being deceptive or in other words lying to you or about you i actually think that in some ways she could wind up being sued by the artist on etsy mm. that's more likely to be the lawsuit she could get mm -hmm. that would be like a lawsuit that could happen in this case more than her getting defamation you know lawsuits and i don't think that they were actually served with like a defamation lawsuit i think that this was sort of a maybe a cease and desist suggesting to back off or something i'm not really sure it's what well, the timeline of it is really weird though because like this whole thing had kind of died down like no one was really i mean if lindsay has seen a significant drop in her revenue since this whole thing happened that's because people who have had an experience with her as a business have vocalized what that experience is and it has been negative and that has negatively affected her business i don't see where the defamation of it comes in i think it's like i don't know maybe she's she's seen like bookings drop off because as soon as you google the tattoo studio the TikTok videos are the first thing that comes up and the bad reviews and so you know, nobody wants to book with her, which I think is like, you know, unfortunately, that's the kind of, that's what happens when you have very poor business practices, when people feel that they've been scammed and, and let down. There's no like, there's no defamation in that. It's like if you provide a service badly and, and people are unhappy with it and they verbalize that, then you will see a drop in revenue, like quite simply. I don't understand why two months after this had all happened, you would send this letter because nobody was really talking about it. Like these women who had got the tattoos or had got the kind of designs from Lindsay had stopped talking about it. Like it, it wasn't something that was like an ongoing crusade to damage this woman's business and reputation. It was like, let me tell you my experience. So if I was Lindsay, I would probably just shut the fuck up, chalk it up and maybe change my tattoo studio name and move on. Like set up shop under a different trading name and, and take Absolutely. a look at myself in the mirror and kind of change my business practices and like, and refresh. Because I don't know, I don't know what she is doing, what she's gonna benefit from this other than people going, oh yeah, remember that tattoo lady who's like kind of a scammer? Like that's what more people will think. More negative press. Yeah. 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 More negative press, more people calling it into question and like, you know, so much tattoo work is word of mouth, you know? And yeah. it could also just be something that else that could be harming her business is people like saying like, oh, like just friend to friend, like, oh, you're going to that studio just so you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, I had another friend who went to her and she charged like she charged crazy amount and like it was my first tat like it was their first tattoo, so they didn't know. So like, you know, if you're not if you're not aware of this, just it doesn't have to be that way. You know, like that's mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. honestly how I think most tattoo artists, with maybe even the exception of Instagram, which is how I believe the first woman with the fox yes. originally found her yeah 
most most tattoo stuff is word of mouth. Yeah. So, you know, even as even though she, even though she made this, you know, fox tattoo thing blow up, she was really just referring to her tattoo and how she had never she wasn't sure if the way that she was charging was normal. And it was totally. other industry yeah. peers of Lindsay's that informed her that it was not normal. Totally. So that's that's what it is. It's and then and then more evidence was created when someone figured out about the you know it was like from Etsy and you know like that's really what happened here. I think that it would be interesting to see the Etsy artist uh, sue her for trying to pass off her mm-hmm. for making a sale off of something that was basically an ex- a direct rip off of her work. Mm. Mm-hmm. That see that is a case. I don't know if this is and I and I no I yeah, I know I know that it isn't and it feels I don't know, I just th- I think it just feels it feels really icky and I just don't think she's going to get out of this what she wants and that search result that TikTok is forever going to be at the top of the page when that's what you google. And even if a legal case happens, like that's not gonna that's not gonna wipe the board clean. And so, I don't know. I I think she's shooting herself in the foot, like quite badly. Change your name to Lindy Lindy James. <laughs> Use that as your professional name. Yep. So you right. Start a different storefront or whatever it is you do. A lot of people tattoo in their homes. You know what I mean? Like you can. You know, like this shouldn't kill you, but like, I don't think the Ink Master guy is going to get on the stand and speak in your defense because he'd say, like, you know, here are my notes from that session, and there's nothing. I never said anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he had said something to the extent of, you know, if someone wants you to do a serious mock-up and they don't seem like they're going to follow through with it, maybe have a fee. But he never said like charge almost what like as much as you're going to pay for the actual ink job and then mm. make them pay the for the fee of the actual ink job like to like it's just it, I just don't believe that's what he said and I can't imagine him standing on the stand defending her business model right it's funny like her when this whole thing happened she kind of wiped her website clean like I think when I tried to go on it like her Instagram was immediately private it's still private and the website, I think, was a lot of the stuff was archived. It's now all back up. And so I went over to the FAQ. And the there's something about the way that a lot of the the questions are written, the questions are answered that like leave a slightly like bad taste in my mouth. Like as a as a client, it would be a little bit off-putting for me. There's a lot of like, no, under no circumstances, no, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. So there's a whole kind of like no refund policy and all the rest of this kind of stuff. But I thought this was really interesting in the FAQ. It says, after my consultation is complete and my tattoo appointment is booked, can I make any changes to the design? And she says, no. Once a design and placement has been agreed upon between the artist and client, there will be a loss of deposit for requesting to change the design or placement. And any new appointments will have to be scheduled. We urge, what? You, yeah, we urge you to be confident in what you want before making a consultation appointment. So that is really terrifying to me as a just as an attitude to have for something that's going to be on somebody's body for the rest of their life. So like once it's drawn 
and you've booked your appointment, if you come into it and you're like, well, actually, I, you know, that second flower, I don't think we need it or whatever it might be. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, or like, I want to move it from my bicep to my upper mm-hmm, thigh. Mm-hmm. Like that's not going to make a huge difference. Mm-mm. There's, there's such a, for me, this reads as a real lack of respect for the person coming for the tattoo. It's all about like, it's all about sort of the artist. And I do think it is really important to protect yourself and your work and like, and stand behind it and like create boundaries. And, you know, people take the piss all the time. I totally get that. But this just feels like incredibly mean spirited in a way that makes me deeply uncomfortable. And I can't imagine that your experience of that tattoo would be a pleasant one after after knowing that like, you know, it's like, it's this, like there's no, there's no room for maneuver, you know, not like a total redesign, obviously, like that's a huge amount of undertaking for the artist. That's really disrespectful, but like change, like little changes, like, no, absolutely not. Like once it's, it's right. like, you're having it. Sorry, but you're like, having I it. I wanted forever, a full body fox and you're giving me a silhouette of like a fox head and like, I said I wanted more of a crown of flowers, but you've just placed two flowers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like you didn't finish your homework. Right. Or misunderstood the assignment, you know? But yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, toss that FAQ in the show notes if you can, because I know mm-hmm. people might want to see that and maybe catch some other oddities in there, because that's. Yeah, sh- I, it's this is not some people don't work well with other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some could even say that maybe tattooing is somewhat of a good job in that world because, like, a lot of it is silence, you know, a lot of it is whatever. You know, you do have to have good bedside manner with your clients. And if you can't even manage that, totally, and then you're in the wrong field. And I've had some tattoo artists who were like, you know, not like really like their bedside manner was poor, but I've never left disappointed with something that was put on my body. Mm-hmm. And I, it's yeah. almost like, well, okay, that person's not, I'm I'm not inviting them over for dinner, but like they did something I liked. Right. The other thing I will say about, from what I can see from her work is that there's, there's a really broad spectrum of stuff. Like if she was a, like, you know, like in, in a lot of studios, they'll have like a kind of like, just like generalists who are just like, they don't really have any particular specialty and you go to them if you're like, you know, I just want this thing. Like sometimes they do color work. Sometimes they do more old school. Like there's a, there's a pretty broad variety and some of the work is, is lovely, but it's not like she's known for a, a very specific particular style. Like there are some artists that I follow that like only do one kind of thing. So if you go to them with like something outside of their remit, they're probably going to be like, nah, that's not really like, that's not what I do. Like a I'm good not artist will tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. And be like, well, yeah, no, I can, this isn't, this isn't the thing. This isn't working. But I, and, and so I think like when you do that, like, yes, you do, you've cornered a sort of specialism to the point where you can turn stuff down and like be a little bit more selective and about the work that you do. But like, from what I can see here, she's very much a generalist. So I don't, and 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 with peace and love, not particularly exceptional, like just just a sort of a pretty solid generalist. But it's 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 wild to me that she would be commanding those kind of prices. I know artists that are far more far better, 
honestly, just far, far better. Like incredible, incredible artists that would not have the cojones to behave in that way and charge what she charges. Wild. Yeah. She's a weirdo. Weirdo. <laughs> oh, wait, Tiff. Before mm-hmm. we go to the next story, what did you have for dinner tonight? Oh, I tell you what I did have. So there's this, I'm not a vegan, but there's this vegan meal kit where they do like most of the work of like the sauces and stuff for you. Nice. And so really, I mean, you do have to do, you do have to do a bit, but it isn't like getting like, it's like somewhere in the middle of like getting a HelloFresh. Like it's like a a step evolved from that. And I got a few of their meals because they're really delish. Like, so on Friday we had this tomato salad with like a walnut pesto and like a vegan burrata, which was so good. And like yum, yum. ciabatta croutons. And then today we had, what are the name of these mushrooms? They're really meaty mushrooms. Portobello? No, oyster mushrooms. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. Miming an oyster at me. So they were oyster mushrooms and they like, they, they come with this like batter that you just add like a plant milk to that I think was made with coconut flour. So it would have been like gluten free. And that was kind of like a spice thing. And then you, fry them into these little tendies and then there was like brioche buns with a kimchi and a gochujang mayo and like new potatoes so it like Mm. i did an air fryer so we had these delish delish little um oyster mushroom burgers and then what do we have tomorrow from them oh like roasted cauliflower boughs with like a kind of sticky like asian like dressing Mm. really good really really good I have a little Caesar salad. Ooh, I love a Caesar. Ooh, I love a Caesar. I do. It's that Earth Cafe Caesar. I was like, when I got shingles, I ordered it because I was like, I'm pathetic. I need a, (laughs) I need a thing. And that was really good. So I'm going to eat that. And then I think, you know, it might be time for Sunday snakes again. (gasps) Yay! Sunday snakeies! Yeah, I love eating snakes. Yeah, that's that's what Eric and I call them, snakes. Yummy. And he's gotten really good at making uh, a little steak for himself because he always was like, "Oh, I can't cook it on the stove; it sucks." And I was like, "Honey, I got the I got the magic number. You're gonna want to get a cast iron pan." <laughs> yes. You got to get the cast iron pan and heat the oven up, and you're just gonna live your life like you've never lived it you didn't even know life was life was possible with i mean a cast iron steak is delicious it's the best it's the only it's the only it's actually the only thing i use that cast iron for is is snakes snakes so good i am a little bit confused though about which cuts of meat i prefer Mm. you know Mm. yeah like i'm seeing i'm trying to get out of my filet mignon issue and i call it an issue because it's expensive and i'd be spending a lot of money you know what i mean yeah but i love snakes and if i'm only eating it once a week then it could be worse right 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 do you know what i'm not really a i mean i I do love a filet mignon but it it's a bit touch and go for me because if it's not fatty enough, it doesn't taste of anything. Like if it's too like lean or something, I'm like, mm. yeah, I know. Especially in the in the cast iron. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I'll be 
Like, just say a prayer for me, I guess, is kind of really what I want to hear. <laughs> I will be praying for your snakes. Thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, okay. What the hell's going on with Mitch McConnell? Tell me where you were when you saw. What the hell? I mean, the obvious answer is that he's a big old man. He is an old man. I had seen that it was trending, but I hadn't seen the video until this very evening when I sat down to look at our beautiful Trend Lightly dog and I treated myself to Mitch McConnell doing a factory reset, I guess, live on camera. Yes. Um, that is an old man. Yeah. It's um, it's very scary because these people are in charge of a lot. I, I think that, I don't know, I've been hearing mixed results on whether or not people think he's going to run again. I hope he runs to a hospital. <laughs> wow. Do you know what I was thinking, though? All of these old people in government at the moment, in your government at the moment, is there a possibility, conspiracy, ready? Put your tinfoil hat on. I'm about to drop something on you. That this is to pave the way for, like, a young upstart because like if all of the narrative is about all these old people in government then it makes it so much easier to like usher through someone who's like a bit younger and greener and unproven and be like see it's not all old people this is what you wanted a young person am i right yeah that could be true i mean that could be true i wouldn't put it past anyone at this point to be pulling some sort of prank on the american public Mm -hmm. i i do think that they think we're a joke well, I can ask at my next Illuminati meeting if you want to see what the deal is. Oh, yeah. Uh, can I please ask you something in the privacy? <laughs> After we're done recording, of course. Of course. Okay, thank you. I just have something I want to ask you in the privacy. Wow, what a, what a fucking king that guy was. I know. We'll never get another one like him. No. Oh, wait, really quick back to dinner, one thing. Mm-hmm. You guys, if you are looking for a meal that's maybe potentially gluten-free, no, this is not about to plug the meal kits that we're also (laughs) advertising right now just to get ahead of that. (laughs) I need to tell you about Kevin. Do you know Kevin? I only know Kevin who waxed Ned his butthole on YouTube. That's the only Kevin I know. Oh, Ned Fulmer? Oh, oh, Kevin, the, oh, sorry. I thought you said he waxed Ned's butthole. No, <laughs> his There butthole. was a Ned Fulmer sighting, though. I, I posted that. For, was that? Um, yeah, he and his wife were photographed walking around L.A. Oh. So. Okay. I mean, people are surprised. I'm like, I knew she'd take him back. Mm-hmm. I know how these things go. Mm-hmm. He's I'm a out on the, I'm out in the community. But anyway, so back to Mitch. What do you think, like, could be happening there? Dementia. Dementia, right? So there was a tweet that followed up the video that said, oh, this is the Laura Palmer version. One second. You guys always got to check out our show notes. We've got to, we really do put some good linky links in there. We really do. So someone said, update, Google searches for Jaren... Oregorical rule by this elderly skyrocketed after 
McConnell's episode during his press conference yesterday. I mean, like, but, like, isn't Daniel Feinstein, like, also kind of maybe broken-brained as well? Mm, there's a lot of broken brains. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't like it. I don't like it. How old is Mitch McConnell? I would say grandpa-aged. 81? Yeah, that's, like, a good grandpa age. Holy shit. My grandparents aren't even in their 80s. And they're killing it. They're fucking killing it. But I wouldn't trust them to do anything like that. My nan's just making throw pillows. Like, that's what she's doing. That's a good use of your time. I mean, like, I can't even, like, that's the thing. It's, like, I don't think a lot of these people understand what it is. Like, I asked Eric, and he literally was, like, oh, I think he just, like, spaced out. And, like, (laughs) God bless him. But I was, like, are you stupid? Like, absolutely not. Like, he... Like abs, he he's going he's going through it. Mm. But yeah, I I don't I don't know exactly how could I know, but I I feel like it might have been a stroke, or maybe one of those seizures where like you just get really quiet. Yeah, what is what are the mini strokes like the TIAs, which is just like when you get a a little. There's a little bit of a disruption to the blood throat, to the brain. And it's like, it's almost like a mini stroke. And it's often like a kind of a, like an indication that like a stroke is on its way. Mm. Could, be, could be a TIA. I don't want a TIA. Don't get one. Don't not do it. Not this summer. Do not. I'm sorry. I'm don't ruin the summer. <laughs> I know. My tits still haven't grown in, by the way, so... Come on. The blonde bimbo summer might have passed me by. <laughs> There's still August. We're about to be August. Come on. Oh, yeah. Big naturals for August. August. I feel that. Yeah. Big you could. naturals for yeah. August. <laughs> oh, and I'm going to Taylor Swift on Saturday, next Saturday. <sighs> Do you have an outfit? Probably just crying. <laughs> crying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I keep feeling like I have an outfit and then I feel like I don't have an outfit. I mean, I'll find something to put on my body, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, I think legally I have to. Mm-hmm. But I'm someone who, you know, I'm making my friendship bracelets. They're actually a little harder than I thought. Mm. The the friendship bracelets. Like, I really spend some time doing it and I was like, oh, I don't know how far I'm going to get with these bracelets. And then my dumbass bought every sort of everything, but I fucking forgot to get goddamn black beads for my reputation era bracelet. Oh, right, 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 right. I have lots of gold. I mean, I really made sure that I had all the golds you could possibly have, but I did not get enough. I did not get an, I didn't, didn't, I didn't get any reputation bracelets. So I'm thinking That's I'm going to do a combo of like maybe like green and gold or i don't know i have these big blue like they're like evil eyes i think but they're made out of clay so they look like demented Mm. and i might do something about because she talks about blue eyes a lot on that album Mm -hmm. so maybe something like that make something bisexual oh i definitely want to make gay ones i also don't want to get my ass kicked though that's my only fear is that there's going to be some like homophobic you know what do they call them hetlers there Mm. Who are going to like, you know, 
beat me up with sticks or something. That's just how <laughs> I imagine it going is that they, they pummel me with sticks. But yeah, Ooh. I don't know. Speaking what? of friendship bracelets, I need to I need to take a picture for you of this like absolute like joyful glut of incredible friendship bracelets that my friend Emily sent me. Emily is a friend that I met in a pool in Cancun and she's just the fucking best and she sent me this like box of like delightful stuff from New York and I sent her some stuff, you know, from the UK. And she made me like the best friendship bracelets. She made me one that was like that just says like sugar pie and Anna Nicole and it's like just it's just the fucking best there's one that's like sliving and then she made me some jersey shore ones that are in like italian flag colors that say like gtl well if you like hanging out with emily so much (laughs) maybe you can host the podcast with her (laughs) well i was just gonna say she's been selling these like incredible crafts but like look if we were gonna do anything trend lightly style we would have to do first of all custom gibbets have spoken to billy about it he's got to connect he thinks it's really easy we can get on it but also a little line of trend lightly friendship bracelets come on let us know let us know if you want a friendship bracelet maybe ask emily if she's okay with that (laughs) (laughs) well why don't you fucking ask meredith if she wants to do the fucking um it's different um Uh yeah it's different i think Uh anyone who's paying attention can tell that (laughs) trouble in paradise host of trend lately bicker (laughs) (laughs) no please and by the way if someone takes this seriously get help (laughs) (laughs) we're just having some fun as some some fun girls but yeah mitch mcconnell is halfway to dead mm-hmm. and you know i don't mind in- it <laughs> i don't mind it <laughs> yeah you're, it's a, it is a yolo but yeah <laughs> so yeah i guess it really is the definition of a yolo okay so tiffany i need your thoughts on the ariana grande <sighs> thing we'll get into the updates but like what I did get to do with Meredith last week, and we had a lot of fun. Good, um, good, good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you did. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to know what you thought about this initial news breaking. Listen, they did this poor man dirty. Like the pictures of him as like the living human embodiment of SpongeBob were like not. Uh, I. I felt that I felt bad about it because like when I went on TikTok everyone was like who is this like weird looking man and I was like oh my god like this poor guy but look I'm yeah. sorry to the Arianators but I don't think she is a girl's girl and I do think that she does want men to break up with their girlfriends cuz she's bored Oh yeah, I think she no. Does she's this. not a girl's girl. Yeah, I don't even know where people might have gotten that illusion, or rather, delusion. Mm. Like she is not a fucking girl's girl. Like she never has been. Like I and and you know I want to as much as I can like show a level of like understanding that is more mature than that. But like. I just think that she's, there's something kind of fucked up about her. And there always has been, but like, you know, the girl can sing. So I, you know, 
I looked the other way as much as I could. Mm -hmm. But now we're crossing into territory where, like, not even I, the ultimate defender of bad people, can really look past Mm -hmm. what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have heard some people say our friend Flo left a comment saying, like, why aren't people holding him accountable? And I want to be clear, I think they are holding him accountable. I just think that this does not look good this is like a really bad look for her yes yeah it is it is yeah unfortunate so it's it's also it's ariana grande like that's the it's like the stuff that nightmares are made of like as in imagine being his wife and being like yeah he was cheating on me with fucking ariana grande like how do you recover from that I supported your, like, fucking lame little career. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to really look the other way when, like, your husband's involved in musical theater. Like, you really have to be like, well, that's my man and I'm going to stick beside him. Like, that's how you treat a thing like that. But I just, I'm, I'm just not seeing how this man got so high on his own fucking supply that he, I don't know, man, but then there she is, and she's not not turning it away. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I, I would, I don't know, I'd spend the rest of my life screaming into a goddamn pillow. You would have to. I would never, I, I would never recover. But at the same time, it's kind of like, what, like, what do you do when Ariana Grande is your adversary in that situation? Like... What the fuck do you do? So this is like a little bit of like the update on what's happened this week. So Lily came out. Lily J, the wife, came out and said, Ariana's the story, really. Not a girl's girl. My family is just collateral damage, which not a girl's girl is brutal. Mm. Definitely deserved in this sense. But like, oh, my God, like the amount of people I saw on social media saying like I would I would never fucking recover from someone saying I'm not a girl's girl. Yeah. I felt very much in good company. Mm-hmm. Because I agree with that. It it would be really difficult for me to move on if someone was like Molly's not a girl's girl. I take pride in like mm-hmm. being a girl's girl, so to speak. So I just yeah, that would really make me take a hammer to my teeth. And then um you yeah. know I think that, you know, there's also this element of, like, okay, we kind of, like, if anyone who's been paying attention might actually know that already. But then we look at this next thing where it says Ethan Slater files for divorce. So he filed for divorce. Ariana Grande has not filed for divorce yet, which, according to Lipstick Alley, and let me go on a little bit of a fucking anger bender about this in a a moment but according to lipstick alley there's theories that she was never legally married Ooh, like like the like the ceremony that she and dalton had was just that it was like a ceremony of like you know do you take this man do you take this woman and like maybe it's like the it's like the ceremony that dumois keeps trying to say that taylor swift and joe had but <laughs> someone on the fucking FOMOIR Reddit did like the ultimate uncool 
probably white girl thing and went through the master thread on Ariana Grande on Lipstick Alley and put together like a post of everything that's been said on on Lipstick Alley because they've had their ear to the ground for a long time. And Lipstick Alley is traditionally a place where like black women and black gay men go to gossip. Mm -hmm. And once the faux moi post came out, a lot of people started to feel uncomfortable, but then like they fully shut down the thread and are all migrating to a private thread, which infuriates me because I, it just infuriates me for a variety of reasons. But one is that like, I've never had a Lipstick Alley account. Mm -hmm. So I am locked out of this thing. I can start it, but like, I'm, I hope they might think I'm just some stan who's like trying to filter through to like shame them all <laughs> you know yeah so then it's reported that lily J has been calling every news outlet to share her side and like that was clearly leaked by scooter slash ariana's camp to try and make it seem like she's making a big deal of this and that news landed pretty flat for like most people where they were like good mm-hmm like, I'd be on the phone with Joe Biden. Like, <laughs> you know, I'd be, like, bursting into the New York Times office, like, in my lingerie. Like, you know, like, with tears and mascara running down my face. Yeah. So, then it comes out, and I literally gasped when I saw this, that Ariana Grande is now going to give Ethan space. <laughs> While he divorces wife Lily J. And we find out in here that the two of them are definitely totally still together. 100% still together. But they haven't seen each other in almost a month. Mm, because yeah. her birthday is July 26th or June 26th. And there's photos of them hanging out on her birthday, which we'll get to in a minute. But... Like, the idea that she has not seen this man seems highly implausible to me, and it also doesn't help make Ariana look better. Mm -mm. So that's a weird thing for her team to leak. It's a weird thing for Ethan's team to leak. It just makes him, it seem like his ass is already being, like, soft dumped. Mm-hmm. Oh. No. This was a suspicion amongst fans and gossip hounds for a while but because of the way that the divorce was rolled out and the way that like just the the news like the tidal wave of news that followed it between ariana's divorce and like everything else it really was a lot of information over the course of four days these photos of ariana ethan and her best gay friend doug who uh, you know, Lipstick Alley is right when they say that he's at the scene of every crime. Like, whenever she has a new boyfriend <laughs> or she goes through a breakup, like, Doug shows up. And Doug is, like, I guess a Broadway fan, like a hanger-on. But, like, there's old videos of even back when Ariana was dating Mac Miller of Doug, like, 
trying to hold Mac's hand and like they joke about how like Doug always tries to steal her men. So him being there and like the picture is the three of them, Ariana's in the middle, her hand is up around Ethan's neck, Ethan's hand is around her waist, Doug's hand is on her upper back, and then her hand on Doug is around his neck. So what I'm what I'm I'm saying I'm seeing when I'm seeing this is like she's a lot physically wise she's a lot closer to him mm-hmm. to Ethan. Mm-hmm. But this is what we've all suspected is that there are paparazzi photos or video or audio somewhere that has been caught that her team has desperately been trying to bur- like bury, which is why they like rolled out like the divorce news a little bit slowly while it was ramping up. Then like it all came crashing down, and the news of her seeing Ethan Slater came out like the day after her divorce was announced. So I'm I'm thinking like her team has probably worked overtime to bury pictures of. Mm-hmm them together yeah and it's not a particularly um it's not i'm looking at it it's like it looks like a kind of like a like a fan stalkery picture of them at soho farmhouse right like it's hella blurry so like someone from a very long way on a phone has like zoomed all the way in if you had just told me these were just three randos i wouldn't there's no identifying anything there well apart from ethan who has got some very signature hair no, but this is, it's not as blatant, but like, do you remember the club, the like members only club that's like, I think an Italian restaurant in New York that Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy were caught holding hands at together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were there with Jack and Margaret Qualley. She's wearing a yellow dress mm-hmm. and it was sort of like the confirmation that this affair is happening. Not affair, but like love affair was happening and it wasn't a just friends situation. That was also at a members only club. So I will say as someone who was a member of Soho House and deactivated because I didn't like Soho House used to be in my backyard and li- quite literally it was like the street over. So it made sense for me to have a membership there. Now living all the way in Glendale, I can barely imagine myself taking a $45 Uber each way to go <laughs> to Soho House. Yeah. And like I think also if you got into an Uber X at Soho House, you were probably that probably was a way for them to start considering canceling your membership. But the only person I ever knew who took a photo outside of the photo booth at Soho House during my tenure there was one morning Beyonce came in with Blue Ivy and took a picture on the balcony. And I, like, came, like, apparently five minutes after she had left. But, like, photography, like, anything that, like, even you holding your phone in a way that could imply you were taking pictures Mm -hmm. was, like, so, Mm -hmm. such a Mm no-go. And speaking of David Dobrik, after... (laughs) I think it was Crazy Rich Asians or something one... No, maybe it was Squid Games. I'm not sure, but it was like an Asian director that had just won a big award. And he went to the after party that was at Soho House and like caught the guy on video. So like, I think they might have gotten really lax Mm -hmm. about that rule, which is kind of crazy because like, 
I think the no phone rule, the no photo rule is like really important at a place like that. Yeah, 100%. They're also super strict about knowing doing drugs there, Mm -hmm. which is like just to clear up any QAnon shit. Like if they ever caught someone like smoking weed on the balcony or like doing lines in the bathroom, like that's like that was a no go there. So just so people know, but it seems like these looser rules or maybe it was just someone who was a a guest of a guest type thing who was willing to risk it all. I don't know, but... Yeah, that's true. Guests of guests. My old company used to have a membership and we and we used to bring all sorts of people in. <laughs> yeah. All kinds of locals. <laughs> and like, I think the guy who took the picture of Taylor was not a member. He was a guest who like had nothing to lose by taking the photo except for not going to a club that he already didn't belong to. Right. So, yeah, so that's that. But then we find out that Ariana Grande has gained 400,000 followers after this scandal. So she's still benefiting. Then, Tiffany, this is something that gave me chills to my bone. Okay? Go on. There was, like, in the who's got the tea or whatever thread they have chronically on Dumois. Someone said that they were working with Miley and a bunch of other people back in the day. And they witnessed Ariana slapping her mother, Joan Grande, across the face backstage during a performance when she was in her break-free era. And, like, I can't imagine... First of all, she acts like she really is so fucking two-faced. If if the same person who like coos over her family all the time and like it's like I love my mommy, you know, <laughs> like that person slapping their mother across the face is crazy. Mm-hmm. She is due a bit of a scandal though. Like she hasn't had one in quite some time, and these things are very cyclical. And I was thinking, are we going to have a little brief period now of like? scandal Rihanna Grande. I think that this is like with Cassie David, like who knew Cassie David before the Ariana thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like she was probably a very niche character in terms of like you know, maybe people who knew people knew of her, right? But like no one knew Cassie David. So like as awful as that was. Did you, by the way, did you know that she is or was dating Mac Miller's brother? No. Yeah, like I guess they bought a home together in Philadelphia or something. Oh. I know. They've been dating for a while, which is like, okay, well, at least something came of this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, you know, obviously people knew who Naya Rivera is, but I don't think they were as invested in Big Sean or <laughs> Naya's dating life. Mm-hmm. Mac Miller was like almost like even when he was big, he was still almost underground Mm -hmm. in sort of ways. Mm -hmm. And I just think that between the Wicked movie being so big, her pattern becoming really apparent, people sort of already being a little sick of the, you know, sort of 
race baiting, like whether she's like Asian fishing or black fishing or putting out makeup that like even her fans admit is shitty or just generally like not not like really being an artist that has she has hits but like she doesn't have like an amazing catalog Mm -hmm. and i think that this could really change there's like a couple important things she needs to focus on right now and the next one i think is making her album next album be a completely transformative we're looking at Ariana Grande as a talent in a different way because she really is like the vocalist now and she has so much potential and possibilities but she spends her time like sort of mumbling into the mic right and, like there's been all these leaks lately and like she of like her her music that didn't make positions and like one is literally like i'm gonna give you this pussy and it's like <laughs> oh my god you're so like you like could you spell it out anymore like is this like you, you don't even do innuendo or like you know any sort of like thing that it's like where it's like a disney movie and the adults get the joke but the kids don't like you're just like i'm gonna give you this pussy like <laughs> like i think in some ways that's filthier than wop yeah so i don't know like i just think she needs to really change up her imagery and like you know i i also think she's not doing well i know that she asked us not to talk about her body but like i'm sorry i'm i'm not i can't honor that ask because i i think she looks ill Mm -hmm. and you know i just i do and i think she just needs to like start getting better in almost every way and yeah like ethan's a fucking loser like what a loser to like get this big boner for ariana grande and like blow up your life like he was he has an eight-month-old son like lily j's vagina probably isn't fully healed yet you know what i mean oh it's so ugly it's so bad it's so ugly Although I do think that he will ultimately benefit from this because now his name's a little bit on the map. People are more curious, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. in other famous cheating scandals, like the guy comes out okay, Mm -hmm. where the the woman just sort of has this like mark of the beast on her. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but I don't know. Like I just... I'm disappointed. And, you know, I've always rooted for Ariana. I think, like, in some ways, you know, I think a lot of people have in recent album cycles because she did lose Mac and she has had a turbulent love life where her ex fiance threatened to kill himself on Twitter. And she had, you know, the Manchester bombing. Like, but I, I think also at this point, it's been enough years that she needed to have get gotten help. And I don't think that you like, you know, participate in ruining a marriage and the relationship dynamic between a father and his son for the rest of his life without, you know, 
catching some heat. Yeah, so. I think so. I think so. Um, well, we should go do the afters. Yeah, should we do that? Let's do the afters. Okay. You guys, if you want to check out our after show, it's full of fun stories. It's available on the Patreon. Same place you can find the PLL recaps, and that's linked in the show notes. And so we'd love to see you there. We're going to do more stories, and we're just going to have a freaking blast. Oh, my God. Such such fun. What fun, what exactly. Fun. All right, you guys. We'll talk to you okay. soon. Well. Bless up. Love ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Shawty that look like a Delta G Every girl in here 10 But it ain't no Tennessee And you might just get some money But it ain't no guarantee Delta G's on the left Delta G's on the right And you know I stay in Texas I don't really like to fight Like we in 2013 Shawty do it for the vine Shawty moving real well I might have to wind it down Threw the money to the center Now watch it hit the flow Now rack it up Rack, rack, rack it up King, back it up Back, back, back it up King, stack it up Stack, stack, stack it up She said, where you at? Say I'm Marcus down in Texas And if I drop a pin Best believe that she on the Thought way. She was important, but I moved her right about the I'm way. I'm Delta G's tonight. Told her, baby, I got cheese tonight. Get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no TAC. Low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow. Like they tell her. Shout out TurboTax, tax refund. What's another? Like the quarterback at recess. No rush. You gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission. No rush. This ain't UT. Why shirt orange like a pump? Mama call me as we have colleges. I said, bus. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.